0: Your face, oh God of Jacob, oh God, let us be a generation that sees that seeks your face, oh God of Jacob. Just because, no, but I'll even have you come in on the course there. So I'll have The three of you guys come in on the course, but let's just do whole note stuff. Let's don't do groove just yet on the first (coughs) course. And then we'll start the groove the second time through verse, through the first. Does that make sense?
1: (laughs)
2: Oh, no. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: yeah, we're good. All right. Good morning, no, 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 Goodwaters. No, no. no, no, no. All right. Good. Uh, so behind me here, you guys know B-song. Today, today? this weekend. Yes.
2: Today. Today.
1: Today is this morning.
2: going to
0: lead us. Let's sing happy birthday. happy birthday to him. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday dear me son. Happy birthday to
1: So if you are new here to Living Waters, welcome. We are glad you're here. Uh, There's a QR reader out in the front of the lobby. We would love it if you would put your information uh, into our system so we can get out in contact with you. Uh, So announcements, the LWF men's game night is Friday, March 19th at Indianola Heights Church. The cost is $5. Uh, For more information and to register, go to the church center app. And uh, fill that out. Sunday, March 21st at 5 p.m., uh, that's two days later, will be uh, the first quarter members' meeting. If you're a member, please attend. Child care will not be provided. Uh, Easter is right around the corner. Baptisms will be on March 28th. Uh, Good Friday service will be on April 2nd. And Easter Sunday service will be on April 4th. If you would like to uh, give an offering this morning, you can either give online or you can give in the offering boxes out in the back. And that's all I've
3: got for your morning announcements. All right, good morning, and as we prepare this morning to continue to to worship the Lord, I just want to share a little bit of what is on my, my heart this week. I was reading in uh, Psalm 28, and uh, Psalm 28 was just an encouragement to me as I read through it, and the beginning of the psalm talks through what God is, or people who have been rejecting what God does, and in verse 5 it says, because they do not regard the works of the Lord or the work of his hands, he will tear them down and build them up no more. But the rest of the psalm is what greatly encouraged me and the fact that it says, blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy, the Lord is my strength and my shield. In him, my heart trusts, and I am helped. My heart exalts, and with my song, I give thanks to him. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. Oh, save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. And this morning, as we gather together, that is that is our hope, right? The Lord is our shepherd. He is our strength. As we gather together to sing Praises to him as we gather together as fellow believers, as we gather to hear the word and worship what God has done. Just think on those things that God is our strength, regard what he has done, think about what he has done in your life, what he has continues to do as we sing together, as we hear his word, he is our strength and may he be praised greatly.
0: Amen. Let's go ahead and stand and let's sing to that God who is forever strong, who's always faithful, never failing. to the lord our god and king his love endures forever for he is good he is above all things song, lead us out on this next song, and I think we know which song that's going to be. clean hands, give us pure hearts, let us not lift our souls.
1: word of the Lord remains forever, and this word is the good news that was preached to you.
4: Amen. You guys can be seated. Welcome to church. Thank you, Justin. Thanks, worship team, for singing so well. And uh, yeah, welcome to church. Let's go ahead and pray, and uh, we'll dig into God's word together. Father, We are so thankful for your grace, Lord, and we are so thankful for this moment of worship. Lord, where we can um, give you our hearts, Lord, and we do ask that you would change us by your spirit, through your word, in a great way, God. Save people who don't know you yet, and Lord, um, cause them to come alive through your power as they hear about Jesus. And Lord, I pray for every Christian, Lord, that you would move in their hearts to help them grow. And Lord, may this be a morning of incredible power and experience of Your grace in growth. And so, Lord, um, we pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Well, good morning. My name is uh, Josh. I'm a preaching pastor here at church. Thank you for being here uh, this morning. I've got uh, just a couple things to uh, to show your put your way. I don't know if this is working or not, Jared. Maybe not. Maybe maybe not. My clicker, ladies and gentlemen. No, it's not? Oh, did it work? Oh, you did it. Okay. I didn't do that. See? Slide of hand. You see that? Like, click? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll get it right. fixed for second service. Um, okay, so first thing is baptisms. So we have believers' baptisms coming up on March 28th. That is Palm Sunday. And there is probably not a bigger decision of obedience that means more to your Christian life than, than making that decision to be baptized as a Christian. So it's one of the most awesome decisions you could ever make as a believer. I still remember my baptism. If you're a Christian, you probably remember yours as well. And it's one of the most powerful moments of, of your Christian growth. And so if you're a new Christian, I just want to invite you to, to consider baptism. And so I'll be doing a class Uh, Today at 4 o'clock at IHCC at Indian Heights Christian Church Explaining what baptism is and what it is not And what the Bible says baptism is all about So if you have not yet been baptized, you can come to class today Uh, We're uh, we're also going to do a class on March 21st That's also at 4 o'clock at IHCC And uh, we would love for you to consider getting baptized on March 28th Um, It's going to be a great, great Sunday together, probably the first Sunday in our building, which is going to be amazing, and then baptisms to boot, it'll be a, a really good thing. So, um, you can go to the next slide. The next slide is just our sermon series, it's called Our Living Hope, um, that's where we are right now, we are in the, the letter uh, that, that Peter wrote, 1 Peter, and uh, this morning's sermon is called Saved to Love, okay, Saved to Love, and we're going to be getting into um, into the passage together, so it's only it's only four verses, but I feel like it's just packed full of stuff that will be very very applicable for us. So I just the other day I got off the phone, and the phone conversation was about COVID, wah wah wah, right? And and, and I was I got off the phone and I was just exhausted, because like many of you. The last twelve months of my life, I have spent too many hours. I don't want to know how many hours I have spent on the phone with people, in conversations with people, in meetings with people, on Zoom with people, on Google video chat with people. I have I have I don't want to know. Can I get an amen? Like you don't want to know how many hours you've spent talking about COVID either in the last year. But I, I got off the the phone i just exhausted because it wasn't it wasn't just it wasn't a great conversation it was just another one you know and 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 as a pastor it's been exhausting this last year um, shepherding everybody with all their different positions of where they're at with things and and it's been one of those things that i'm just like god when is this going to end and and I, I know many people are like me, where they're just like, when is this fully and finally going to be behind us? It could still be a while. Right now, we are in the COVID twilight zone. Can I get a witness? We're, we're kind of there. Numbers are down. Vaccinations are out. There's a lot of things going on. But we can begin to see there's a glimmer of hope on the horizon, right, that that we're starting to move forward. And that is a good thing. But it's probably a a question that you guys have had in your mind and in your heart, because I know I've had it in mine. How am I supposed to keep loving people during COVID? How am I supposed to keep loving people? Because like some some of my really good friends are in different positions than I'm I'm in. Some of my bo- my brothers and my sisters in Jesus have taken different positions than I've taken on COVID. And, and how am I supposed to love people well during this time as a Christian, as a Christian? And uh, COVID has strained relationships. It's pushed us beyond our limits at times. And it's made us wonder just how God wants us to love our brothers and sisters in Jesus. How are we supposed to do this? Um, it's like the Apostle Peter knew that we needed this sermon on this morning at this time of, of, of our COVID experience. Because he is going to address almost that exact thing about how we are to love how we are to love one another in the midst of what is a, a very difficult situation. So Peter is going to say in verses 23-25, 20 he's going to say that if and when we are saved by Jesus Christ, we are saved through his eternal word. He's, he's going to say that. And then he's going to say we are saved through his eternal word to love fervently, our brothers and sisters in Jesus. So, what is the natural result of being saved? What is one of the natural results of being a Christian? One of the natural results of being saved is that you love people fervently. Okay, now I want you to take that into your mind. You put that in your life. How well are you doing loving people? How well are you doing fervently loving people? your brothers and sisters in Jesus. This morning, we're going to look at that reality. Peter's going to take us there. And we're going to look at this, and we're going to see that we're commanded to love. We're supposed to love. Christians are supposed to love each other. And we are supposed to love and have that love stay alive inside of us through the power of God. And then we are to display that love by speaking love and they're speaking the gospel to one another. So let's just look at this uh, point by point. Okay, so, so reality number one. We're going to look at three realities. Reality number one is that we, we know we're supposed to love. Verse 22. It says, Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Okay, so, so we see that in verse 22, the command is to love our brothers and sisters fervently and sincerely from the heart. So if you get saved, you're supposed to love from the heart sincerely and uh, fervently. So let's look at that word sincere. Okay, the word sincere means unfeigned or undisguised. Literally, the word means unmasked. How funny is that? You're supposed to love each other in an unmasked kind of way. Like that's how we're supposed to love. So getting saved by Jesus makes you sincere. Not perfect. Sincere. All right? Many times in our lives, you know, before Christ, everything is fake. Everything is just kind of, you fake it till you make it. Before you meet Jesus, you just do what you got to do to serve yourself to get yourself moved forward in life. But when Jesus saves you, he takes your spiritual mask off, right? And he begins to make love a very real thing. And you begin to love people that you're like, I never envisioned myself loving that kind of person in my life, but I love that person because Christ has saved me. Okay, so, so we've been saved for a sincere love, and a brotherly love. Literally, this word is Philadelphia. Okay, so this is this is where we get the word or the city Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, which is ironically one of the the meanest cities in the United States. Can I get a witness? Isn't that kind of weird? Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, is one of the most harsh places in the earth to live. All right, especially if you uh, play sports in Philadelphia, it doesn't go well for you normally. Right. So, so brotherly love is what we're called to in Christ. And this is a, a love for Christians where a Christian cherishes or values eyes. And you say, I love you. I value you. I, I, I really esteem you. I'm going to sacrifice for you. I'm going to give myself over to a friendship with you. Um, some of you need to hear this because you're like anti-friends. You're like anti-friendships. Some of you are like, yeah, I've been burned too many times. I'm not going to be a friend with that person, that person, or that person. And I'm telling you right now, the Bible says if you've been saved, you've been saved for friendship. And some of you need to evaluate your friendships this morning. Uh, Consider Romans 12.10, where it says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Outdo one another in honoring one another. Um, The Apostle John said this in 1 John 3, 14, he says, We know that we've passed out of death into life if we love the brothers. And whoever does not love abides in death. So we're supposed to have a sincere, brotherly affection that is earnest. It says we are to love one another earnestly from a pure heart. The word earnestly is a really, really good word. It's, it's an intensity. You're supposed to love your brother with an intensity, okay? And it's a physiological term in the Greek. It means to stretch yourself out to the furthest limits of your muscles' capacity, okay? Now, we could, we could turn this sermon into a comedy routine by having all the guys stand up and try to touch their toes, but we won't do that. And all God's men said, amen, all right? So, what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna take a look at a picture here. I want you to picture this. This is a this is a sprint. This is the end of an Olympic sprint, a hundred meter dash. Okay, and these these men are stretching themselves to the fullest capability of their muscles. Right? They are they're doing everything to get to the finish line. First, every muscle is being engaged, right? To the place where it is at maximum capacity. That is a picture of this word. And as you look at this picture, I want you to put yourself in this picture. And you're like, Josh, if I were really in this picture, I'd be 60 meters behind. Yes, I know that, right? But I want you to put yourself in that picture in a spiritual sense. Is this what your love looks like for your brothers and sisters in Jesus? where I am stretching to the nth degree for brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so, who I have a bond with in Christ. See, we know that that's the picture of love. This is what God wants for us. Um, And in Luke 22, verse 44, this is a really good picture of the same Greek word. And being in agony, he, that is Jesus, prayed more earnestly. There's the word, same word. He prayed earnestly, and he sweat. his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground. This is Jesus, right? Before he went to the cross, he is praying, not laissez-faire, not just kind of going through the motions. Jesus is earnestly stretching every spiritual muscle fiber that he has for you and me. That's powerful. So much so that he is praying and he's sweating drops of blood because he's so earnest about going to the cross. About his love for you and for me. And so this love for brothers, it should be intense. It should be passionate. Well, how do you do that now? Well, you you do it mainly through prayer as a Christian. You pray for each other. You serve one another, you work for one another, and you communicate with each other. Those are those are three just obvious applications into our lives today for how we love our brothers and sisters. We pray for them, we serve them, and we communicate. Those are hard things, especially when there's hard circumstances surrounding your life or the life of your brother or sister in Christ. So the problem with the command to love is not that we don't understand the command in verse 22. We understand it. We just get tired of loving people this way. This is the challenge of our flesh. Like, I know I'm supposed to love. I know I'm supposed to love people, but Josh, honestly, I don't even like people. That's the challenge. So all of a sudden now, we have to love because God tells us to, but then we tell God, I don't know that I can do this because I don't sense this reality in my own flesh. So that brings us to reality number two, which is the only way to keep loving and to keep love alive is through God's power. Okay, The only way you're going to love your brother and sister in Christ well is if your love for them is kept alive by the power of God. And we can see that in verse twenty-three, twenty-four, Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. So you can see here that God is the one who keeps our love alive. He's the one who keeps us loving. Uh, If you think that you got to pull yourself up by your spiritual bootstraps and just love that person uh, you're missing the point. God is the one who causes us and, and empowers us to love our brothers and sisters in Christ and he does that through being born again of imperishable seed. Now This word since in verse 23, it's very big. It's a big transition word, right? Since you've been born again. Peter's going to say you love because or since you've been born again. Since you've been born from the Spirit. All right, so we love our brothers and sisters because we know Jesus and we know he is real in our hearts. That's when you're going to love your brothers and sisters really well is when you understand that you've been saved by Jesus Christ. That God in Christ has forgiven you and has loved you. Therefore, you respond to that with the the reality of love. So Peter is saying salvation is an event that happens in your past. And it has ongoing effects in your life today, right? So uh, many of you have been born, right? (laughs) all of you have been born at one point, so you can flash the picture up here. This is Simeon Fern. She was born on January 21st. Definite start date, right? Definite start date. I was there. I remember it. All right, now that start date, that new birth has had ongoing effects in our family since January 21st. Can I get a new parent? Amen. All right? Like that, that had an effect yesterday at 3.48 in the morning when I got up and then Danielle got up and we were up and I was sitting there from 3.48 in the morning till 5.48 in the morning just reading, a, finishing my book, pushing the rocker like this. She has been born and that birth has had continual effects, right? I was feeling those effects yesterday and last night at like 8.30 because I'm like, I got to go to bed. I'm tired. But listen, if you've been born again, you've been born of the Spirit. You've been a believer of Jesus Christ. You entered into a relationship with Christ. That new birth is yours. And that's your start date. And since then, it has cumulative, ongoing effects. And one of the main effects Peter is trying to point us to is love. If you've been born again, you've been born again to love your brothers and sisters in Christ. So, you've been born again through what, though? Through what? Imperishable seed. That's what Peter is going to say. This imperishable seed is uncorrupted, uh, undecayed, immortal, uh, resurrection kind of seed. You've been born again with a supernatural power. Now, seeds are everywhere in our lives, right? Everywhere. Seeds are indispensable in our life on this planet. All right, many of you are looking forward to sowing seeds in your garden. And just maybe, I don't know when that is going to happen, in the coming days, weeks, months, you're going to be planting a garden, and you're really excited for your seeds, right? Because you're going to put the seeds in the ground, and you're hopeful that those seeds will grow up and produce a fruit or a crop, right? Now, if you're a gardener like me, you're just going to put seeds in the ground for fun with the kids, then the garden's going to get way out of control, you're not going to have time to tend it, and then it's just going to be a complete waste of seed, right? At the end of the summer, that's me. Many of you are better gardeners than me. Amen? Okay. But we have been born again not of perishable seed. All of our seed on this earth is perishable. It has a time stamp on it. Every seed we put in the ground, it's either going to die and bear forth forth fruit, or it's going to go past its ability to be used, and it'll be worthless. We have been born again not of perishable seed, but of imperishable seed. Through the living word of God. And here's what I mean. James 1.18 says this. It says, He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we would be a kind of first fruits. There's the agriculture reference. First fruits of his creation. So we've been born again to imper- through imperishable seed by what? By the living and abiding word of God. This word is logos, and this reminds us of how we are born again. We are born again through the eternal, powerful Word of God. And it reminds us of Hebrews 4.12, which says this, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. So God's Word has eternal power, and we've been born again with God's eternal power through His Word, which leads us to Jesus, all right? So the Word of God, there's, there's multiple aspects of the Word of God, right? The Old Testament, you've got this written Word here. You have Jesus, who is the Logos. He's the Word in John chapter 1. And then you also have the Rhema Word, which we'll get to um, later in the sermon. But in order to be truly born again, you have to be born again through the power of the Word of God. Can I get a witness? This is not emotional. I feel really good. I must be born again. I feel really bad. I must not be born again anymore. Like we're born again through the power of the word of God. And the the assurance of our salvation is that we love people. The assurance that we feel inside of our hearts and minds that we're truly born again is a fervent and sincere love for my brothers and my sisters in Jesus. And so that's reality number two, and it it goes into verse 24. For all flesh is like grass, and all of its glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Peter is, in verse 24, he's quoting from Isaiah 40, verses 6 through 8. Now Isaiah 40 was written 2,700 years ago. How many of you were alive 2,700 years ago? Okay, not one. Not one person here was was born 2,700 years ago. That's when Isaiah 40, 6 through 8, was penned by the prophet Isaiah. Some historians say that 105 billion people, B-I-L-L-I-O-N, have lived and died on the earth in the history of humanity. Now, that's just some historian's opinion. But let's just be conservative using that number. Let's be conservative and say hundreds of millions of people have lived and died on this planet since Isaiah 40 was written. You know what's true? Everyone in this room, every single one of us, will wither and fall And the word fall in Isaiah 40 means die. Every one of us, no matter what we do, we will not endure. The only thing that has endured since Isaiah 40, verses 6 through 8, is the word of God. Amen? I want you to think about the, the tragedy of our human experience. The tragedy of our human experience is this. We're born... And then we live and we're sinful, therefore we need salvation. But in the midst of that, we feel the transient nature of our lives, right? We feel it. I don't care how many workouts you go to. You're going to get old and wrinkled. Can I get an amen? I, I don't care how many supplements you take. I don't care how many vitamins you take in the morning. I don't care how, how much money you invest in your personal health and wellness. You are going to the grave. You will not last. I thought about this the other day. Uh, actually, just yesterday, I bought an Iowa Hawkeye basketball sleeve for my, my basketball hoop on the driveway, right? And I got it, and I brought it home, put it around my basketball hoop. I'm like, oh, this is so awesome. The Iowa Hawkeye basketball sleeve is on my basketball hoop. The Hawks are number five in the country. They're 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 going into the postseason. Such a great time. And then I had this thought from this text right here. Ruin my day. Like Josh, it's going to wither and fade. Someone else is going to own your house. And they're probably not going to be an Iowa fan. That really stinks. Yeah, yeah. Anderson with an Iowa State, amen. Okay. Everything I've worked for on this human earth perspective, someone else is going to own. Someone else is going to take over residence in my house. Someone else is going to do these things. And and all that my life will be, apart from God's grace, is going to be a forgettable vapor according to God's word. Aren't you so encouraged? (laughs) Our lives are transient. That's what Peter's telling us. He's saying all flesh is like the glory in the flower of grass. It's amazing for the time that we have it. It's awesome. But the only thing that's going to last inside of us is the word of the Lord. That's it. What you do with Jesus, what you do with God's truth, what you do with God's um, gospel in your life, that's it. And what you sow eternally into other folks, that's what's going to last at the end of days. That's it. So back to the original question. How do we keep loving people during COVID? How do we keep loving people during this COVID season? How do we step into each other's lives without stepping all over each other's toes? Well, the answer is the last point by seeing the purpose of our salvation. And that's reality number three. We're saved to love. We are saved to love. Verse 25. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. This word is the good news that is preached to you. So, this is different, right? This is, this is different than the logos of the Bible. This is a word called rhema, the word that was spoken to you. Peter is saying this is the word of God that is eternal. This word is also the word that was spoken to you. So rhema is a specific stated word. It's a particular message. It's, it's someone coming to you at the exact right time in the exact right place and telling you something that you need to hear. That's rhema. Rhema is this word that comes to you and you're like, yes, I need that word right now. Um, so you see the written word. You see Jesus is the word. And so spoken word and written word, like, we, we love those things, but spoken word and written word only take us so far. Right, Dr. Seuss? Right, Dr. Seuss? Yes. Like, we're seeing books get eliminated and added and all these things. Like, written word is one thing. Rhema is different. Rhema is this, conversation. And so in the middle of this Peter is saying the word of the gospel, the word of eternity, is the word that came to you at a specific moment and you received it. Um, It reminded me of my salvation experience in 1999 in New York City. It was a rhema word that saved my soul. You see, I grew up with a lot of Christianity but never believed in it. And then I walked into the back of a a thousand-person seat auditorium there was a young teenage guy from Texas sitting at the front of the, of the stage, and he was sharing his testimony. It was his story of how he came to know Christ. It was his story of the gospel, and it was that word of the gospel that came into my heart at that moment, and I believed. You see, it wasn't a preacher that led me to God. It wasn't a Bible study that led me to Jesus. It was not a, uh, you know, a a planned out thing. It was a word that was very specific from a very specific person at a specific time that shared Jesus with me. And it was the reality of the gospel that hit me at that moment. And I, I got saved. So the rhema word is this. Someone coming to you and saying, you're a sinner. This is the beauty of the gospel. This is Christ's death and resurrection. This is our repentance and faith. This is what you need. It's that word that is the good news that is eternal in its nature. So here's here's what it means practically. How are we supposed to keep on loving people during COVID? Well, we come to a place where we see the gospel in our own lives that the supernatural power of Jesus has changed us, and it does something inside of me that I would never do on my own. The gospel is so real that I'm so thankful for salvation, I I push it out into conversations with my brothers and my sisters in Christ who need a conversation. They need a word of encouragement. They need a relationship. Christian, we have been saved to love and if Jesus means everything to us, and if he is the eternal word inside of us, there are people in our lives at church right now who desperately need your encouragement. So what does that look like? It means intensely stretching yourself into relationships to reinvite someone back into gospel fellowship. There's some people, like, trust me, in during this age of COVID, physical distance and relational discouragement have been a very real thing. For every step, right, we've taken, rightly so, towards safety. The backside of that is that our counseling offices are full all the time with depression, anxiety, and all the things that come with not being connected to people. So therefore, what, what it looks like for me is that we are saved to love. I'm saved to love and reach out to a believer that I know I need to reach out to. Where are you at with COVID? How are you doing with things? What's going on with your life? Where are you at with, with your health? You know, there's some old saints in our church that just need a phone call. Can I get a witness? Some of you need to stretch your schedules a little bit more if you can to reach out to that small group member that you just miss and you care for so much. Some of you need to stretch out because Christ is in you and the living word is inside of you. You need to reach out and say, hey, I want to I take you to coffee. I, ne- I need to get coffee with you. What's happening? How can I encourage you? Because you know everybody is feeling very distant. A lot of people are feeling very, very discouraged within themselves. And if God is in us, if he saved us, he saved us to love. And that means loving people that are on different perspectives than you. That means loving people who are on different paces of returning to church than you. And and we're walking into this awesome, awesome season as a church where we get to re-engage in relationships. And I just want us to to hear the call of Peter this morning. We are saved to love. Let's go love each other. Let's have meaningful conversations. Let's re-engage in relationship. Let's get together because... We have this Jesus inside of us. And we are called to love our brothers and sisters no matter what the cost. And by God's grace, let's do that. Let's not lose to COVID. Don't let COVID win. Don't let physical distance and relational discouragement win. Jesus wins. Amen? We're saved to love. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to open your word this morning you, God, for just the the opportunity to look into the scriptures, and Lord, I pray that you would help us see that we've been saved to love. God, that, that, that you have led us to your word, and that word is eternal. And Lord, you've changed our lives, you've saved our souls, and Lord, now you've saved us for the purpose of love. So God, I pray for every Christian in here that that you would inspire them and move them to stretch themselves out for their brothers and sisters in Jesus, even today, even this week. And Lord, I pray that if there's anybody here who does not know Christ yet, Lord, that they would realize the, the frailty and the shortness of this life, that everything withers, everything fades, except for Jesus, except for the Son of God. So, Lord, I pray that if there's any not saved this morning, that they would put their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ, that you would save them, Lord, even this morning. Help us to respond to you. In Jesus' name,
0: amen. Let's stand once more. The only one who could ever
4: saved to love. Amen. So may God find you in both categories doing well. May you be saved and may you love well today. We love you guys. You're dismissed.